Welcome back. Episode two of the Hunting RJ podcast featuring myself, Callum and Zach. Here we're going to dive into the top five players at each position in the NBA. Um, we're going to start with our uh, uh, point guards here. So, so Callum, do you want to start it off with, with your... Well, I just want to your... start and, and thank the fans. I mean, Big time. amazing amazing feedback on the first episode. I mean, you Fantastic support. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for sure. Also, we just want to say, like, we got a ton of people asking to come onto the potty. Um, ton of interest there. Like, we're definitely planning on doing a hockey episode. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if we can get some of the boys on there. Um, and then and moving forward, if if you guys know much about college basketball, also reach out on the Insta page. We'd love to have you on because uh, <laughs> Selection Sunday is coming up uh, less than two weeks away. Um, so that's exciting. But yeah, getting to the list. I mean. I think the best way to do this is to just go around, like, start with point guard. We'll start with our first pick. I think, I mean, I hope it's for the unanimous. unanimous. Um, so I got Steph at the one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much argument there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like first and second, I mean, I hope that my that my podcast mates are not dumb enough to not have Luke at the two as well. Do we, do we have that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know I know. we had a viral clip last, last week that, that included – the young Slovenian, but I hope that <laughs> that that. I got him too. Don't worry, lads. Yeah, do you, do you sell Luca or your top ten all players, or do you, do you fix that up? He was he was my tenth. He's top ten. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're getting you're getting ridiculed in the comments for that, and I back yeah, the support but, there. But, but yeah, so so Steph one, Luca two, right yeah. now. Um, I think yeah. Well, three yeah. three for me is is Damian Lillard. Um, I wonder if that is a shared opinion. Um, I thought you were going to say Kyrie, to be honest. Zach? I have Dame. Okay. <laughs> shockingly, I mean, like, shockingly, like, I, I'm not, like, an openly big fan of Dame or Kyrie, but, but I actually have Kyrie at three. Kyrie at three. Interesting. I, okay. I have Kyrie at three. I think, I think, I think it's pretty clear that Kyrie um, or Dame would be in this position. I don't really think it could go to anybody else. Well, they're going to be three, four. It's just which way it is. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I, I'm an outspoken Kyrie hater. I hate everything about the guy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I can't knock the way the guy plays basketball. Um, like, let's look at some numbers this year. I mean, both having I mean, tremendous seasons. Um, Dame, like 34 and 8, uh, 45% shooting from the field, 38% from three. But Kyrie, and I mean, he's been consistent with this throughout his entire career. He's such an efficient p- player. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists a night on 51% shooting uh, from the field, 41% from three. Um, I mean, it, when I break it down, the way the way I kind of think about it is, okay, they're both like tremendous basketball players in the regular yeah. season. But the big differentiator here for me is just playoff performance. So, yeah. Kyrie speaks for himself, right? Like, he got the three finals when he got injured, in, but but when he's won, won a ring, I know he's playing with, and again, that's the greatest player of all time for that ring. Um, but he has a ring. He hasn't really proven anything negative. I mean, obviously, he had that bad series uh, when he was with Celtics, but he was also injured that year. The Celtics were a mess as, as, a, as a team throughout. Like, they weren't coming in as a one seed. Um, so, there's that slight knock, but Dame... I mean, Dame has really proven some negative things in the playoffs. So, so in 2018, Damian Lillard comes in, um, averages 18, 5, and 5 uh, on 35% shooting from the field, 30% from three. 
as a three seed against in, in the first round against the New Orleans Pelicans. They get swept in that match. So, so as a three seed, you get swept by New Orleans. For context, that's New Orleans' first and only playoff series win since I was seven years old, since, since 2008, right? So yeah. New Orleans is basically saying, okay, we can't win a lick in the playoffs, but give me Dame in the playoffs and we'll win. Because the guys going out there and, and, and scoring 18 points a night on 35% shooting, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's unacceptable. And yeah. and that's recently, that's 2018. Next year, he comes in 2019th player, playoffs, three seed again, in the playoffs, shoots 41% from the field throughout the series. Um, has a great first round against OKC, uh, a great second round against, or like, not a great second round against the Nuggets. I mean, puts up 13 points on, on three for 17 shooting in, in game seven, which up to that point in his life is the most important game. They still managed to win that series um, because he is surrounded by a great team. And then moving into the Western Conference Finals, which is impressive that he could get there. They're playing Golden State. And they get swept, and he's shooting. He scores twenty-two points on on thirty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, but it was Golden State. Like, I mean, it, it's Golden they, State. They just—they were never going to win that series. Like, they, they weren't going to win the series. But I mean, you can at least put up like a decent performance when you consistently yeah. go out there. In twenty eighteen, you shoot thirty-five percent. In twenty nineteen, uh, you shoot thirty-seven percent, and then in, in twenty twenty, you shoot forty percent from the field. Like, you are visibly inefficient in the playoffs. And I think that just goes back to, to his brand of basketball. And if his shot's not falling, you, you really can't get around. Because he, he's not a tremendous playmaker. Um, he's not a tremendous like creator for other teammates. He's also statistically the sixth worst defender um, in the league uh, as a point guard, the sixth worst, worst defending point guard in the league. Um, that's based off kind of adjusted defensive rating and, and defensive real plus minus. So Kyrie, like he's had his downfalls, but he's ultimately the more efficient scorer, the more proven scorer. He elevates his game in the playoffs rather than rather than kind of crumbling. He's a better defender. He creates better. Um, to be honest, like, I think when you look at the numbers, it's not even that close. But I'd love to hear uh, what you're thinking. Why, why Dame is above Kyrie there? I mean, I think the main point you made is is the play is the playoff success that that Dame has had or uh, that Kyrie has had as opposed to Dame, right? And, and the thing is, we've seen. Kyrie in the playoffs we've seen him play have great performances in the playoffs play well in the playoffs but the, the times that he does he does play poorly he, he does get overshadowed or he or he does have a bad shooting night it is um overshadowed by by the fact that they end up winning the game and you have a guy like LeBron James putting up that that great stat line to, to give your team the win right you have that safety blanket right he's not given the same amount of pressure in the playoffs um year in and year out uh, as, he's, as he's a in the um, exactly, and, and I mean, I think we would we would need to see Kyrie Irving being the focal point of an offense in the playoffs, um, getting those double teams because we know that 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 small guards do usually regress um, their games in the playoffs. We've seen it with Steph Curry; he's been less efficient in the play- playoffs. Obviously, he's he's the the, the greatest shooter ever, so he does it um, less often. But but we've seen um, him even even not even win the finals MVP. We've seen other players outshine him. We've seen Kevin Durant be be kind of the lead guy in those series as, as well. Um, so I, I I I do I do like um, I do like Dame at Dame at four and Kyrie at three. I think it's really close. But I think in order to to gain a more um, a more balanced view on that on that argument, we we need to see Kyrie in the position that Dame is in, getting that attention from defenses. Um, 
and really seeing how he does in, in that setting in the playoff. Because I, I truly believe that if Damian Lillard wasn't getting the same attention as he was from a Drew Holiday and the the, the, the um, supporting defenders, from a Clay Thompson and the supporting defenders getting doubled um, against against elite perimeter defenders in the playoffs, um, then I then I do and and, and rather being being um, paired with with a LeBron James and a Kevin Love, um, he he would be more successful. Um, so so I think I think just just that that component coupled with the fact that we've seen the regular season play of Damian Lillard year in and year out be exceptional. Um, we've seen him, and you, you mentioned a, a, that he was a, not a great creator for his team. I'd argue that's that's not true. I think he's a great creator for his team, and I think um, he's really showing that this year, um, especially without CJ McCollum in the lineup, the Blazers are still in the playoff picture. They're still, I think, I think their record is eighteen and thirteen right now. I'm not too nineteen sure. Nineteen and fourteen. Nineteen and fourteen. Um, okay, so I think they're still around the fifth or sixth seed in the West. He's keeping them afloat um, when he really has no business being. Um, that valuable to to his team, so so yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think that that argument goes either way. But, but I, I, think, I, th- I think I think if he's playing to the level he is this year, yeah. averaging thirty and eight um, on forty five percent shooting, yeah. yeah. I think I think you have a very very strong and valid argument that that he's a better player here. But yeah. when we've seen three consecutive years, his shooting regress to to forty percent or sub forty in the playoffs, and actually be outplayed by by CJ McCollum and all. I think you can argue all three of those series. Yeah. It's not like he's playing surrounded by bombs. I mean, you're right. I, I'd like to see Kyrie lead a team, um, which is kind of unlikely given the context of, of the Nets right now. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see that for a few years. That would just solidify the argument, though. I think I think we can't knock Kyrie for not having that that opportunity, but I do think we can look at look at Lillard's numbers and say, wow, this is like a massive regression. It's not, well, a, it's not a slight regression like you see out of Steph uh, and other small guards. It is, is noticeably massive. 18 points on 35% shooting being swept by the New Orleans Pelicans is, is inexcusable. Yeah. I'll say that like if you give Kyrie his own team, then yes, I think Kyrie – and he does what he's doing right now and he's successful, then yes, I'll give it to Kyrie. We just haven't seen that. And he was supposed to, like, he left Cleveland to go to Boston to, like, have his own team. And I think he, well, he was injured a lot, but he also got overshadowed by Tatum a little bit because Tatum just came out of the blocks firing. Um, And, like, I just think that, like, I think Tatum's better than CJ. So I think every single one of um, Kyrie's, like, first options or second options has always been better than Dame's last option. So I feel like Dame's had more. Right. right. And, and Zach, um, I don't think Kyrie actually played it, played a playoff series w- with, with that team. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was injured before, right before the playoffs. And I he think played, they, he played, he played one series over Celtics. In his career. Right. Against the Bucks, Right. And he lost in five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, I, I think again, um, so you really haven't seen either of them win a playoff series by themselves, but um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that that Dame's playoff struggles are are a massive issue, and I think that that that'll come with, um, hopefully this hopefully this season we'll, we'll be able to see him um, with with a, a good roster around him. Um, you have you have honestly, I think I think Portland is, is going to be a sleeper in this year's playoffs. Like they, 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 their their roster construction is very very well balanced, and so no excuses this year for Damian Lillard if he yeah. continues to show show us that he can't. Um, he can't elevate his game in the playoffs, or at least sustain his game in the playoffs. Then he doesn't deserve to be in this top three spot. And I think I think that yeah. that'll really show um, this 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 year for sure. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think yeah, 
you can slightly excuse him for 2018 because this is really his first time leading a team in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And then in 2019, it was against Golden State who ended up winning the championship. Or no, sorry, losing in the finals. Um, but one of the greatest teams of all time. And then in 2020, it was against the Lakers who won the championship. So you, you have these slight excuses, but I think like, we've seen it three times now. Yeah, yeah it's his best roster around him that he's ever had. Um, yeah. this, is a, this is a legit team. Yeah. Um, if, if if they can't make noise in the playoffs and he knows play aggressive, I think I think like that conversation is over. Yeah, no, completely agree. Okay, right. let's 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 uh, move on to the to the fifth spot. So we both have them three and four. Yeah, we both have we both have Dame, Kyrie, right. three and four. Um, my five, I'll start. Um, is Chris Paul? Uh, this is this is just because of not not necessarily because of his his counting numbers. I think he's one of the only players in the league that you can kind of ignore his 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 points, rebounds, and assists that he'll put on um, in a game. But but I think it's like, if you look at the Suns right now, they're second in the West. They're first in their division, in a division that has both LA teams and Golden State. Um, he also has those, uh, we were talking about in the last episode, how valuable leadership intangibles can be um, to a team. And I think no one is is, is a better leader in, in basketball. I'd say maybe, maybe LeBron James, but other than that, no one is a better leader in basketball um, than Chris Paul. The way that he, that he's constantly shown that he can rally his troops for a playoff series, um, and and we can see and we've seen that that when he's been on great teams, like he's had he's been on one great team with a with a, I'd say yeah one one great team, and that team was one game away um, from 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 making the finals and beating the greatest team ever assembled. Right, so. So when you look at you look at you look at Chris Paul, what he's done, what he does for a team, not only on the basketball court but off the basketball court, in terms of um, acting as that 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 captain and that leader, that was much needed on that Phoenix team, and really you could see turn that franchise around. Um, I don't think there's there's many many players more valuable to an organization than Chris Paul, and I think you can't make a top five point guard list without including him on there. My my five is Chris Paul as well. Um, basically, a lot of it's because of what he did in OKC last year. That team was supposed to suck. Like that team was not supposed yeah. to be very good. Yeah, and he brought them into a seven game series against Houston. Yeah. Um, and again, intangibles like Aiden said, it's just like everywhere he goes, he seems to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like Define his fine success. Well, I think that like if you look at if OKC, it's never making. The finals, and yeah, he's he's pretty successful in that regard. Yeah, you think the OKC team should have made the playoffs last year? No, no, no. That that was an amazing year. I, I'm, I'm talking more about I'm, I'm talking more about the Clippers when he's surrounded by a top three MVP candidate in Blake Griffin and all like a, a very strong big at the time, DeAndre Jordan, Doc Rivers, JJ Redick, and, and you're still having trouble making making the the Western Conference Finals is definitely alarming. That that's like my biggest knock on Chris Paul. Yeah, but if you like look at his last two seasons, like OKC, Houston, they almost beat the Warriors, which was like one of the greatest teams of all time. I think in recent years he's become like maybe his stats don't show up, but he's bringing something, and all of his teams are doing well. I think also going going to the Clippers part, he had one really poor series where I think they blew a, I think they blew a three one lead to Golden State. To Golden State, yeah. Golden State, yeah. Um, I, I believe that was in 2014 or, or, or 2015. I can't remember which one. I think they beat them in 2014 and then, and then maybe they blew the lead in 2015. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, 
he's come up against some some tough opponents with that with that LA team, and it, and it hasn't been his play that's that suffered um, in those series. Um, it's it's been more more the the play of, of of DeAndre Jordan and the questionable coaching of of Doc Rivers a lot of times. I think he's the most overrated coach in basketball, in my opinion. Um, one championship and, and with a with a team that should have won the championship hasn't really done hasn't really elevated a team. I don't think um, to a spot where they where they have to have to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you just look at, look at, look at pure value from, from the point guard position, um, he hasn't made, hasn't had any playoff success, which for an all time great point guard is never a good thing. Um, but, but this year his value is just, is just showing just, just, um, more than ever. So yeah. Yeah. So you said it's impossible to make a top five list without Chris Paul. I'm going to show you it's possible because I actually don't have Chris Paul <laughs> in my list. Um, funny enough. Um, so I'll say on that, I'll say on that note for a second. The interesting thing about Chris Paul, I mean, other than the, the year at OKC, for the last, what, 10 years, 9, 10 years of his career, he has never been the best player on his team. Uh, you can maybe argue stronger than Devin Booker. That, that's a close one. But I mean, Harden on, on the Rockets definitely better. Blake Griffin throughout that entire span was, was, was the player on that team. He was an MVP caliber player uh, during those years. I mean, he was, he was fish top three in MVP voting. Um, kind of reminiscent of, of Paul George uh, in 2018. But like my question is, is he's, he's given these pieces. like He's, he, he's the second option on, on a team with a better player than you, and, and you still can't make it to the Western Conference Finals until you kind of have this all-time great team in, in, in the Houston Rockets. It just, like, I think looking at looking at the way he plays, he adds a ton of value, right? Great defensive player, shoot the ball really well. Best, one of the best passes of all time, especially when you look at, like, from an assistant turnover standpoint, I just don't think he has that it factor that can really propel him. Um, and, like, I, he, he's had many years in his career to prove me differently, but it, until I see him carry a team, um, like actually carry a team to any sort of playoff success, then then I can't give him the number five the number five spot because he's 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 never he's never won a playoff series as the best player on the team. Um, do you know who has actually though? Yeah, I was um, my, my my five is my five is Jamal Murray. And I know like this is going to be this is definitely a heavily debatable one because because this five slot you could have Jamal Murray in there, you could have Trey Young in there, Ben Simmons, um, Chris Paul. Jamal Murray, everybody's like, okay, he's having a down year. Jamal Murray's averaging 22, 4, and 5 on 48% from the field, 41% from three. Um, so, like, his production isn't, isn't, isn't through the roof. Um, it's, it's pretty identical with, with Chris Paul's in that way. But, I mean, in big moments, unlike Chris Paul, he doesn't necessarily crumble. So, if we look at the 2021 or 2020 playoffs, for example, here are Jamal's numbers. Average 27 points, five rebounds, seven assists on 51% from the field, 45% from three. That's over three series. And people are going to say Jokic, but he has Jokic. And this is not a debatable thing. Jamal Murray was the best player on that team in two of the three series. And you can look at the numbers. You can look yeah. at the film. Um, if you watch that, you know it's true. Yeah. He took the Lakers in five games, and he was the best player on the team in the series and in the Jazz series. Um in the Jazz series, he had he had back to back to back games, two of them in elimination, where he went 50, 42, and 50. When placed in these elimination moments that, that Chris Paul has been been hit with as well, he rises to the occasion and he has all time performances. 
Um, looking at the defensive aspect of, of Jamal Murray's games, I don't know if you guys saw the NBA came out with their their new defensive player of the year, Cassie List. He's fifth in that in that list. Um, he's ranked as metric wise the third best um, defender uh, point guard in the league, defensive point guard in the league. Um, he's a, he's a true defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, he's six five. He's long. He's athletic. Um, he he's just he's a strong defender. I mean, Chris Paul is too. Um, and then he also wins games. He he came first in the West last year. Um, he's nineteen and fifteen this year. He has been to two playoffs in in his entire life, and, and he made already made the Western Conference Finals as the best player in that playoff team. He was the best player in that playoff team. Um, yeah. Two, yeah, I mean, two well, of the series. He, he was. Best, he had the best series, but he wasn't the best player on that team. We can we can say that Chris Paul had had better series than Blake Griffin did in in twenty and twenty fourteen, but he was ne- not necessarily the best player on that team, right? So I mean, you, can, you can have that argument, but I mean, my, like it, Jamal Murray. To put it this way, Chris Paul has never had a playoff campaign that's close to Jamal Murray's campaign, and Jamal Murray's been in the league for a few years. Chris Paul's had yeah. ten with all star teams. And he and he's never kind of shown that same. You could argue it both ways, though. I think I think it goes to show. I think what we agree on though is is Trey Young is not a top five player yet. Biggest yeah. defensive liability in the league. Um, doesn't play winning basketball. Just consistently losing team, even with these influx and offseason additions for for the Hawks. Yeah. They still find a way to lose because yeah. he's inefficient and he doesn't play defense. And unless that changes, he, he's not going to go anywhere in, in his career. Yeah. And then Ben Simmons, I also don't have him in my top five. Yeah. Um, defensive player of the year candidate, but again, in the in the 2019 playoffs, um, averaged 14 and six against Toronto, averages 11 points and five assists in the series. Can't yeah. average 11 points and five assists uh, and even get your name in this ballot. Um, Agreed, 100. Like at that point, you're just a defensive. You might as well be Lou Dort. Um, <laughs> you just add no value on offense at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah, interesting no. that you guys had had Chris Paul in there. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, would he would he be six on your list, Cal? Yes, yeah, I, I think he would be. I mean, I mean, I I, I can't find a valid argument for Trey Young or, or Ben Simmons to to be completely yeah. honest. Um, I think what it goes to show though is, wow, this is a talented point guard kind of point guard. It is, it is, group. and I think that the next position that we're going to go over is arguably just as talented. I mean, when you look at the top players in this in the shooting guard section, um, it's hard to differentiate some of them. Um, but we'll start with probably the easiest um, name on the list. Zach, do you want to give it a shot? I agree with you, Zach. What? Yeah, I completely agree with your with your opinion. Uh, I have uh, Pascal Siakam. Love to see that we're on the same page. Uh, James Harden. Yep. It's it's just not even close, honestly. Like this guy is arguably almost as good of a scorer as Kevin Durant. Like you put the ball in his hands, and he's gonna get you a bucket. Um, best player on that team that was one win, one win away from beating Golden State. I just like I think it's an eye test, really. Like you don't even need to look at numbers. He's just the best shooting guard in the league. Yeah, and I think I think um, what really speaks to um, kind of the, the the pure quality of of James Harden's play is 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 his ability to to kind of morph his game this season. I mean, we've seen we've seen James Harden be this scoring savant where he's averaged thirty five points per game for the last three seasons and, and, and literally win the scoring title with his eyes closed. I mean, um, won an MVP in there. I think um, I, I, I saw this stat where he was um, top three in the MVP voting 
um, for five out of the out of the last six years. The last player to do that was was Jordan, um, in from nineteen uh, nine from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety four, I believe. So I mean, when you look at that, when you look at the consistent level of offensive excellence that he's shown, coupled with the fact that he's an improved um, defensive player and, and the fact that he's almost um, taken that step back scoring wise, become a more efficient scorer, but also became that facilitator that Brooklyn really needs at this point, um, kind of giving that scoring uh, to, to, to the Kyries and the, and the KDs really speaks to his, his offensive arsenal um, and versatility in, in that aspect of the game. Yeah. You, you, you guys said it all. I mean, it's interesting. People always, I feel like he's a pretty hated player. People find, people try and find ways to pick up hard at James Harden. My buddy hates him. He absolutely yeah. hates him. I'm not sure why as well. Like, like the two narratives that, that confuse me about James Harden. One, and what I understand a little bit is his defensive ability. I mean, he had some bad years there. I think we can all agree on, and I think everybody in the NBA can agree on, he's a passable at least. He's like a pretty strong defender now. Um, and, and he's the done a lot back, He's got yeah, a lot the back. metrics will back that up. Um, and then B, I, like people have told me before that, that he underperforms in the playoffs. I don't know how that narrative even, even came to light. I mean, so, so he moved to, to Houston seven years ago. In every year since, that team has made the playoffs, and he's averaged at least 26 points in each of those playoffs. Yeah. In the last, three, in the last four years, he's averaged 29, 29, 32, and 30. Like the, the notion that he underperforms in the playoffs is is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's made yeah. multiple Western Conference finals at this point. Um, if he wasn't playing the greatest team of all time, I think James Harden would likely have a ring uh, at this age in career. Is that, is, that, is that too wrong to say? It's not, not, not wrong at all. And I think uh, going back to, to playoff performances against the best team of all time, uh, people were praising Kawhi Leonard for his um, performance against Golden State in the finals. Um you know who had a better give me, give me these numbers give me these in numbers. that same? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, no, no, no. More points, assists on a higher field goal percentage uh, against Golden State is what is what uh, James Harden had if you compare his numbers to Kawhi Leonard. Um, and, it. And, it, and it it just kind of it just kind of bugs me because because James Harden is one of those guys who's been rather unlucky in his career um, when it when it comes to when it comes to the playoffs. Like he's he's only really lost to teams that have been significantly better than him, and you can't really fault him for that. Um, I think this season, um, it scares me to say this as as a LeBron as a LeBron James uh, fan, but but we'll see a scary version of James Harden where he's where he's with a squad that 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 are that are on the same page as him, and and we might see him lead his team and be the best player on that Brooklyn team um, and lead them to a championship this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, he picks up that that Finals MVP too. Bold prediction there, uh, Clyde. Um, moving forward, I think this is where it gets tricky. Right? I, like, honestly, from here down, I'm lost. I'm not two, lie. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I'm lost. You can make valid arguments for all these. I'm gonna go out and say my two. My two is Paul George. My two is Paul George. That was fine. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, like it's really close. 24, 24, six and five this year on fifty percent from the field, forty-five percent. He, he's having a really good year. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you asked me last summer, I don't think I, I wouldn't have put him at two after that playoff thingy that he did. But I think the thing with Paul George that I just want to highlight as well is, is we talked about playoff success and uh, a lot of people I know don't remember this right now because they're, they're, they're kind of shadowed by the, the way off P narrative 
of, of, of Paul George underperforming for the Clippers, but he was the leader on a lot of Indiana teams that were very successful in the playoffs. And he had great playoff performances against those Miami heat teams. Um, he, he led them to the Eastern conference finals. Um, and he, he was a great two way player until that. And, and, and an athletic freak, if you guys remember before that, before that, um, that injury. And, and the thing with Paul George is, is being the, the skilled um, sort of, uh, and always, always improving player that he is. He, he kind of had to, to remodel his game after that injury um, and become more of a, a catch and shoot player and really develop those, those skills where he was really just a, a raw athlete coming in and, and having to lead a team at a young age and really developing those, those skills later on in his game really helped him kind of create that balanced game. Um, it really showed, especially I think um, in the, in the 2018 season where he, he came third in MVP voting and in defensive player of the year voting. Not a lot of players have done that. Um, and I think, a player of Paul George's caliber um, at his best is just better than everyone else on, on this list. And then that's yeah. really what up to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, guys, I mean, you guys remember in like 20, I don't even know when it was, but the Pacers played the Raptors. And I just oh. remember 2015, just, 2015. Oh, I just remember 2016 playoffs. Though, yeah. And just being like, this guy is unstoppable. It was yeah, like, that? Yes. And, and, and I mean, he's the only player on this list that, that's proven he can he can care other than Jay's hard. That's Lead a team. He can carry teams. Like, like he's team. made two Eastern Conference finals as the best player on his team. Yes. Also Western Conference semifinals um, as the best player on his team. Um, it, it, in 2019, that, that year he came third third in MVP, third in defensive player of the year. He he yeah, they lost in five games. Um, but he's I mean he scored twenty-nine on, on forty-four uh, percent shooting uh, in that series. Like it, you can bash his playoff success. Um, by games, but you can't say he he drastically under, underperformed. He, he had a weak, in weak playoffs this, this past year. But but looking beyond just just the twenty twenty playoffs, he's shown that he can perform in the playoffs. Maybe not win necessarily, but he's shown that he can perform, and he has also won series as the best player um, on the team. I don't think you can say that for anybody else uh, below this. Yeah. Okay. He's also sorry. Let's quickly say this yeah. um, for 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 evidence. Um, this year, he's the second best shooting guard, uh, metric wise, on the defensive end. So, yeah, yeah, no, great two-way player for sure. Um, let's let's move on to let's move on to three. Um, if Zach, you wanna you wanna start with three? I, I have Bradley Beal. Interesting. Okay. Um, do you guys want to say yours? You want my explanation? I have Devin Booker. I have Donovan Mitchell, and you probably have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. So, so these are those are my three, four, five. I think. I think. Yeah, I think everyone close. has those. those are my three, four, five as well. Yeah. Uh, but if someone wants to start start us off, and, and Zach, why don't you tell me your three, four, five, and walk me through how you how you thought about that decision? Okay, so I went Beal. I I think my top three was always going to be Harden, PG, Beal, and then I was actually sitting here about an hour ago, and I just was flipping Mitchell and Booker back and forth. <laughs> Um, I ended up going for Mitchell at four and I went Booker at five. Um, my Beal, I think that he's just like, okay. If you look at what he's averaging right now, he's averaging 32.9, uh, 48% from the field. His three point percentage is not good, but he's playing with Russell Westbrook and that guy sucks. (laughs) So I think he's and I like the Wizards are actually starting to do a lot better. They had a terrible start to the season. They couldn't stop a leak. Um, but if you look at like their past games, he's starting to do better. Like they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Lakers in OT. He is like single handedly carrying this team. I have a buddy who's a Wizards fan, 
I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, and so I like look at the box score every single time. And he's just had some games where he just kind of puts the team on his back and scores a 40, 40 bomb, 45 bomb. Um, that's why I have him at three. I actually think they might sneak into the playoffs um, with this team when I think this Wizards team is horrendous. Like Russell Westbrook is probably, I don't know what the numbers are, but he's shooting 10% from the field probably. Um, I think that he will lead the Wizards to at least a play-in game, um, basically single-handedly. Um, Mitchell and Booker, the only reason I put Beal ahead of them is because I think he's doing this single-handedly right now. But at the same time, I guess you could argue that Donovan Mitchell and Booker are like on a way better teams. They're doing, they're way more successful right now. Um, so I do see that argument. Um, the only reason I put Donovan Mitchell before Devin Booker, one sec, um, is because I think the Jazz are like, if you look at their role players, they're pretty similar to the Suns, I think. I think they're pretty comparable. Um, but the Jazz have lost like six or seven games or whatever it is right now. Booker's averaging 25.2 on 50%, uh, 36% from the field. And then, yeah, from three. That's what I meant. And I think that now Devin Booker in the past has had really terrible teams around him. Um, and now that he's got Chris Paul, he's a lot better. But I also think that there's a lot less usage of him when you watch the Suns team now. Um, and I think that Donovan Mitchell's success right now, just based on team record as well, um, that's why I have him above, basically. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no doubt about it that Bradley Beal's having an amazing season. Um, I think that uh, my main problem with Bradley Beal is, is I, I'm, I worry that, that his, his stats this, this season are kind of, are kind of empty calories. I mean, there's this weird stat, um, probably the weirdest I've ever heard in my life, to be honest. Um, 11 straight games of Bradley Beal, 40, uh, 40, scoring 40 point game, scoring 40 points. Um, the Wizards have lost all four, all 11, all 11 of those games. So it's, it's almost as if he's, 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 he's playing his ass off, but, but the Wizards just aren't winning, which is, which is weird to me because um, I, I have him five for that reason, because the other, the other two players are just playing winning basketball right now. And, and Bradley Beal, we've seen him in the playoffs briefly. I know, I know it's kind of unfair because he's taken a massive step up this season and we can all agree that he wasn't the same player as he was two or three or four seasons ago when he was playing as a wingman, as a Robin to, to, to John Wall, and now he's kind of playing as a Batman to Russell Westbrook. We've kind of seen that evolve right in front of our eyes, but, but he, he hasn't been, he hasn't been great in the playoffs. Neither has, um, has Devin Booker for that matter. But, but I just, I have, I have Devin Booker um, uh, at four. And then, and then my, my three, my three is actually Donovan Mitchell. And that's, that's what I'll argue for, for right now. I just think um, Donovan Mitchell with, the, the Jazz coming into the season, I think we can all agree, we weren't expecting them to be the one seed. Um, I mean, they're a great, they're, they're a well-constructed basketball team um, with, with great pieces, but, but certain things need to tick and certain players need to, need to play um, all, all levels of their, of their game at a high level for, 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 the, for a team to, to, really, to really kind of separate themselves from the pack. And I think Donovan Mitchell is, is the main reason why that jazz team is doing so well. I mean, 
if you just look at if you just look at um not only his numbers this season but 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 watching him play um on both sides of the floor you can see that he is the he is the vocal the vocal engine on a team mike Connolly, you can say um leads leads the locker room and leads by example but but donovan mitchell is the guy who's talking on that team who's 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 taking defensive responsibility of guarding the opponent's best player a lot of times for example in last year's playoffs he was the primary def- defender on jamal murray um and jamal and jamal yeah 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 numbers, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But, but but just but just the the the, the um the, the 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 willingness to take on that challenge is what i'm really highlighting here um also going back to that playoff series average 37 points a game in that playoff series 36 36 is it 36 36 points a game in that in that playoff series against against denver and and had i think that the third highest point total in one of his games in in, in nba playoff history with but I, I believe it was it was 52 um you can correct me on that as well but um Donovan Mitchell, I mean, just just off of this season, it, it, it was really close between these three, and I think the, the one notch that that really separated him was was his 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 team play this season, and kind of his his um his overall game kind of expanding with the, with this uh with this new and improved Jazz team. Look, so so I've been saying I've been talked I've been saying in the last ten minutes, fucking cringing in my chair because I've been trying to get these out. Um, Let's tackle this Donovan Mitchell issue first. I think it's closer. The Bradley Beal one, I'll, I'll go after in a second. But but Donovan Mitchell, I mean, first of all, on the defensive side of the ball, look, if I'm a coach and my player wants to, wants to defend the other best player, I'd like that if he wasn't letting the other best player also have an all-time offensive series and drop 50-42 and then 50 on my head in back-to-back-to-back elimination games. Look, if he wanted to guard the best player and – him to maybe less than 42 points then i'd be like okay maybe but but i don't think that said anything because donovan mitchell actually ranks in the bottom quadrant in the league uh in defensive metrics he's just a bad defender um even if he maybe because he takes on good challenges but if you're going to take them on at least win those medals he doesn't win them um second what what made don mitchell kind of he's my four um and, and why he came fourth um above and i think was like not even close to Bradley Beal, who was five. I think he was for sure four. Was because of that 2020 playoff series. I mean, 36, five, four on 53 from the field, 52 percent from three. Unbelievable. Though that was only seven games. I mean, you look one year prior. I averaged 21 points on on 32 percent shooting. Um, it, it in that uh, in that kind of playoffs, like it's very inconsistent, right? So if you if you take a average of that, it's it's not nearly as impressive. I'm skeptical about that. Um, uh, did sorry, I just want to interrupt you for a sec. Did have that impressive win over over Paul George and Russell Westbrook though against that OKC team. Didn't play as well in the second series though, but but just go on, go on. Yeah, but but kind of his inability to win big games is what I question, right? He 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 had twenty one um in game seven and, and they choked the three one lead against against that Nuggets team. Um, and, and for. To be totally honest, I think I think the Jazz had the better roster. Like the Jazz are stacked. They are, as you look at a basketball team, they're all you want. You have a big that can guard and can finish inside. They, they have a point guard that runs the offense well. They have all these kind of two way pieces that, that shoot the three ball really well. Metric wise, they're they're like a metric hardo's favorite team. Uh, they have all the pieces, but I think Donald Mitchell is just simply not good enough to take the team over the edge, um, and that's why you haven't really seen them 
win any necessarily impressive playoff series um, other than in 2019 when they won that one series against OKC. But at the same time, you're having Russell Westbrook um, shoot absolute bricks there. But I'm not diminishing anything. I don't want to diminish Don Mitchell because I think he's a great player. The only reason I have him below Devin Booker is because I think Devin Booker is a little has a little bit more of an impressive resume right now. Um, what has Devin Booker done in the playoffs that, that impresses you? He, he hasn't done necessarily anything impressive in the playoffs. Um, it, but he's carried this Suns team to, to the second seed in the league. And the Suns team is significantly worse than, than, than the Utah Jazz. Um, I just think I just think he's statistically a better defender. Um, he's a little more creative in his game. I think he can play off the ball better. Like He can slot him into more spots and be a bit more effective that way. He's a more efficient scorer than Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I'd argue overall because of that, um, a better scorer. Um, I just think I think he's more skilled in the offensive end. Um, and, and for those reasons, I kind of had Devin above. Um, Don Mitchell, if he didn't have that 2019 playoffs, he would he would be above Devin Booker. But but I'm definitely scared about how he shoots 32 percent. Um, how he shoots 32 percent over two series. Like if you have one series and, and you lack, then it'd be yeah. a little more explainable. What I'm really passionate here about. Is that Bradley Beal is not better than these two players? Yeah, I agree. He's five on my list as well. And the I, reason why, I'll, I'll go quickly. Zach said because he's playing on this on this Wizards team that can't stop a leak. He's the guy that can't stop a leak. He's statistically the second worst defender um, in the league, or second worst defending shooting guard defender out of 120 in the league. He's playing alongside Russell Westbrook, who's arguably, who I think people debate as as one of the better defensive guards. But but their guard play, their opponent guard play is unbelievable because Devin because Bradley Beal is small um, and he has no effort on the defensive end. He can't. He hasn't proven that he's been able to win games. I mean, the team's doing better now, but to say like he's carrying them and they're doing better and they're thirteen and twenty, um, I think speaks to his inability to carry teams. Um, and I think that he's ultra high usage. He just simply doesn't play winning basketball. I think if you're going to go the route and say Bradley Beal is a, is a number three player, I'd be interested to hear why Zach Levine would not be four or five when he's averaging, instead of the 33, he's averaging 29, 5-5 five, five on, on ultra more efficient numbers, and his team is 15 and 18, significantly better than, than the Wizards. Like He's basically averaging the same numbers, but four less points on way more efficiency. I um, and he's a better defender. I think, I think if, if, if Beal, that's why, that's why, Levine was a slight six for me, just just under Beal. I think if you have Beal three, Levine, and you're going that route, Levine can't be out of the top five because they're they're basically the same player at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think when when you look at these shooting guards, that is really the only way to differentiate them. It is is to go by who's playing winning basketball because all of these guys are putting up impressive numbers. We know all these guys can put up impressive numbers if they're on bad teams, but. And maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's unfair that that Bradley Beal isn't playing with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton or playing with a Jazz team that's well-constructed. Um, but we just need to see it. We just need to see Bradley Beal take charge of that offense and, 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 and really transform his game into, into, a, into a game that that, um, that, that, that holds winning basketball. Um, yeah. So, so let's, let's move on to, to, our, to, our, to our three, to, to, to our small forward now. It's a long segment. I low-key think we should we should just finish off small forward and then call it a day and then we'll do a little episode two B yeah. and, and we can bring in some other topics. I don't want to be here until until five in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't I also don't want to like rush over my debates, so because I think yeah. we have some good discussions here. But yeah, I'm happy to move into small forward, so yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Okay. 
Um, okay, so this one, actually, I think we can. I think we can probably crank out because this one's relatively easy. No, I want to go top three, can't you? So, top three: LeBron, KD, Kawhi. Yeah. Um, in that specific order, I don't in think. That specific order. Also, just to let people know at home, um, we are being strict about the the position kind of yes. guidelines. Yes. Um, if you look up a player's name on CBS, whatever they're listed as on CBS, that's the position we're using. So Giannis, for this example, um, is not going to be in our top five because he's going to be in the power forward. Same way that, that Jalen Brown was considered back in shooting guards and just didn't make our top five uh, over there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, so I got, I, got, I got Bron, KD, Kawhi. Uh, I got Jason Tatum at four. I have Jason Tatum at four as well. Yeah, I think I think those three are set. Those four are set in stone. Five is where you kind of run to issues. I think I think the names you can throw out here are are Brian Ingram, yeah, Jimmy Butler, yeah. Uh, maybe Gordon Hayward, maybe Chris Nelson. Uh, what do you guys think? Those are my those are my names. I, I had I had um, I had Butler and Ingram fighting for that that number five spot. Yeah, it was yeah. Clo- it was closer. It was close for me. Um, I went Jimmy Butler though. I, I went Jimmy Butler rounding out my top five and it was really uh really the playoff success that 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 kind of topped it for me um and gave him that edge over over a brandon ingram who who hasn't obviously proven that yet hopefully this year um he can but but i mean when you just look at jimmy butler and he's having a he's having a sneaky good season this year he's averaging 28 and 8 um on on you know average average efficiency but but it, it really uh, it really comes back to that 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 NBA Finals matchup with the Lakers. I mean, you had a depleted Miami Heat team, a team that could have quit and could have lost, could have gotten swept easily. We're missing um, we're missing Bam Adebayo for that series, uh, for at least for the first few games. We're missing Dragic for that series. So so um, Jimmy Butler coming in, um, bringing bringing really that that sense of culture and belonging to the to the Miami Heat and and, and really before that to the 76ers we f- we forget that the 76ers team w- was a was a um, a shot away from 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 meeting the the Bucks and, and matching up I think very well with the with the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals and and, and who knows who knows if that shot doesn't go in maybe maybe they're playing in the finals and, right and and he was the best I think he was the best player on on the 76ers in that series yeah against oh, Toronto, oh, as a, as a yeah. Toronto fan. He was great in that series. He was clutch in that series. He was clutch in that season. Um, and, and he's really done um, pretty much what the team has asked him to do. I mean, when you look at uh, Philly, he was, he was the main closer on that team, taking, taking long grain shots, uh, making defensive plays. And, and, and when you look at this Miami Heat team, he's not shooting, he's not shooting three-pointers at all. He's, he's more of a facilitator. He's more of a, a rover, as you can say, uh, making plays for, for others. Um, I'm really, really embracing that 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 leadership role and that and that um, that that captain role that that really propelled that Miami Heat team through a pretty uh, pretty. Uh, they they played some great teams in the playoffs and made them look not very good. They played a great Miami, uh, great Indiana Pacers team in the first round and made them look pedestrian. They they swept them 4-0 and then they they play a great Milwaukee Bucks team, um, major underdogs in that series and and, and made them. Uh, of five or four, four, one in that series. And, and then you got Boston, the Boston Celtics. Um, and, and that was four, two. And, and all of a sudden you're in the NBA finals. Um, who knows if they're healthy. Right. So, um, so Jimmy Butler is, is definitely that de- I think uh, 
definitely the fifth fifth on my list and he he honestly could have been four but 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 holding out on that i think i think fifth just because of his um some of his limitations on on, on the offensive end um yeah. on the back into that into that fifth spot zach what about you mine's jimmy too um it was also between jimmy and ingram but correct me if i'm wrong has brandon ingram ever made the playoffs no you're correct has he- yeah, okay. I don't think he has. No. Yeah, like Brandon Ingram's never made the playoffs, and Jimmy Butler just made it to the finals last year. Um, I know he wasn't the best player on that team, but he was pretty damn good in the finals. And as Aiden said, like they beat Indiana, Milwaukee, and Boston, and none of those went to Game Sevens. Yeah. Um, to beat that Milwaukee team, I mean, Giannis won MVP, and they crushed him. They beat him in five. Like if you look here, they beat. Game one, they beat them by 11. They won a close one in game two, and then they dominated them in game three and then lost by three. Like, they could have won that game. And then game five, they beat them by nine. Um, To make that Milwaukee Bucks team look like that and beat them in in five and for him to be a key part of that team. And Brandon Ingram, again, hasn't really done anything. If he comes out and shows me something in the playoffs, I think this is a closer debate, but I think it's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, and I would, I would piggyback off of that uh, and kind of round up my list with Jimmy Butler as well at the five. I think first thing we've ever agreed on. Um, yeah. Also also debating between him and Brandon Ingram, I think I think Chris Middleton and Gordon Hayward are just out of that conversation. Um, I just don't think they're on the same tier. But yeah, I think, I think you guys kind of hit all the notes there. In my book, it comes down to just looking at both ends, like like looking at the three things you look at in a basketball player: success, offense, defense. Defensively, he's he's simply a better defender than, than Brandon Ingram. He has no right to be. Brandon Ingram should be an, uh, an all-star caliber defender. He's so long, um, but he just I just think because of the effort he puts on the defensive end, he doesn't seem to be a better defender than Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler, in terms of wins, has has a much better, like you guys said, kind of resume in terms of winning. He brings all the intangibles there as the leader. Um, it, it's remarkable that that he could take the the Lakers to six um, without kind of Bam or Dragic, um, and also be take down the blocks, uh, the Heat and the Pacers. And also on the offensive end, I was pretty amazed about like his versatility. I had concerns definitely earlier in his career about his limitation on the offensive end, how he didn't really have a, a an incredible three point shot, um, and how he could act and score. But he's kind of proven now that. He's not a pure play scorer, right? He's averaging eight points, eight rebounds this year. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like similar numbers in the finals in terms of his assists. He, yeah. he was like a true, basically playing like a true point guard, true facilitator. That's very versatile, right? You, you've seen him be like this pure scorer on, on, on Philadelphia, the pure closer, and the best player on that team in the Toronto series. And he'll also come back two years later, sorry, two years later, and be like the point guard on an NBA Finals team. Um, average think, ten assists in the in the finals. Yeah, it, it's incredible the versatility. I think I think Brandon Ingram could only wish to do the same thing. Um, he, he just doesn't play like similar to Trey Young, um, similar to Bradley Beal. In my opinion, just doesn't play winning brand of basketball. Um, you can average twenty four points all you want. Um, but like if you're averaging twenty four points, Zion's out here averaging twenty five points. You have you have Zoe, you have JJ Redick, you, you have Josh Hart, you have a solid team, and and you're eleventh in, in league, and, and you have no. I don't think anybody's projecting you to make the playoffs. Um, you got you just got to prove more than that. Um, I, I just haven't seen enough of the Brandon. I think it's a, an incredibly talented player, but 
But if you can only really score the ball um, and not unbelievably efficiently, that and, and you're kind of more one-dimensional on offense, then I, I think a nod there goes to Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But I can agree. Yeah, that was definitely the easiest list, the, the top five small forwards. Yeah, no, I agree. Just to like back up that finals point, I just did some quick math, and he averaged 26, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Yeah, incredible numbers. In the finals. Exactly. With that team. Like, that team was injured and... Brandon Ingram could only, could only wish to do that. I think, yeah, exactly what, what Callum said there. Um, I think we can actually all agree that that if you put Jimmy Butler, you swap Jimmy Butler off yeah. um, uh, with Brandon Ingram, that, that, that Pelicans team makes the playoffs. That's a good way to look at it. I don't know if they make the playoffs. They definitely compete. The West is... They do better than they right now. They do better than right They're a better team. They, they're a better team. Um do we want to do? Do we want to do the next part of our list, or do we want to? We want to. I think, I think we should cut off there. Um, I feel like we can it for now, and then we come back yeah. to it. We've had an hour-long episode. I mean, I think we. Yeah. Hopefully, if you guys are still at home, still around, um, hope you enjoyed the episode. I think some good debating here. Um, it'd be interesting to hear. I feel like, I feel like the trend was was Ado and Ado and Zach were kind of agreeing on most points. Um, and then Callum just tried to alpha his opinion down there with hardcore numbers. A bit, a bit more uh, of the devil's advocate in this role, but I think yeah, I think we agree on the debates though, right? Like we agree on that. We agree, we agree on the tier structure. Um, yeah, exactly. If you get what I mean, where it's like, for example, the point guards, Luca and Steph is a clear one too. Dave yeah. and Kyrie, you can swap those. That five seed could go to to a few players, and you can make valid arguments for all three. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's goes kind of similar for for all three of the lists. Uh, like when you look at the Devin Booker, the Donovan Mitchell, the Bradley Beal, Zach Levine debate. Um, definitely, I mean, I think we'll notice as we go down the list, it's definitely like such a talented league we're in right now in terms of the versatility from these guys. Like I have the numbers in front of me for, for all the, for all my top five lists. Mm-hmm. This year, maybe it's just this year with the bubble, the sheer efficiency um, these guys are putting up and like the ability to shoot the three ball. It's hard to find someone on this list in any of my three lists where I'm like, he, he can't, can't shoot. I don't think we've ever been um, it, it, at a time in the NBA. List. So text it to us, leave a comment, whatever, but we'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Exactly. I think I think after I think after we we finish um, our power forward and, and center, and then I think we have another segment that we want to include in that that third episode. Then we'll maybe look to have some some guest yeah. uh, speakers on. Um, so let us know if you are interested, because I think we can have some strong debates there. I also uh, have strong opinions about the Canucks. If anyone wants to debate them, yeah, exactly, exactly. We can we can speak yeah. Canucks. Um, I could speak hours for about college basketball. If you guys know about that, like we gotta have. We just have we to have topics. We got topics for sure. We just have to have a selection Sunday. Also, episode. also, uh, we're doing a Premier League episode as well. We are soccer. Yeah. We, do that. We, all, we all different like ranges of topics that we're knowledgeable in. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Evan Williams is listening to this, um, me and Aiden invite you to a, a Fabinho segment uh, <laughs> on the show on the podcast. Um, so I would debate. I hate like everybody knows how much I hate Kyrie. I hate no one more than Fabinho. Fabinho is the worst athlete in the history of athletes. Uh, and I will debate that until I die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at Maddie, at Chris, come at us. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
yeah. Well, I think I think with that being said, uh, thank you for tuning in this week, uh, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace, guys. See you guys. <laughs>